everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi. It is episode 140. We're really getting up there. Um, and I am excited for today's episode because we are going to talk about the top ways to make money in 2022. Obviously, there is, there is no surprise that the music industry has been changing. The way we make money in music has been changing. And it's important to stay on the pulse with this. And I think that a, a lot of the things that we think we have to do as musicians or, you know, music industry professionals and the things that actually make us money can be quite different. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to go over the four top ways to make money in 2022. And of course, before I dive in, I want to say right off the bat that these are just the four top ways, the four obvious ways, the four easiest ways that you can get into making money in music. And they are not the only ways whatsoever. There's a lot more nuance as with everything in life that goes into this. So if you think of other ideas for how you want to make money, that is fantastic. I highly encourage you to run with it and uh, to take that far. And it might not be on this list. It might be on this list. Maybe this list will inspire other ideas that come up for you or ways that you can make this your own. So let's see. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. I actually want to start with the things that are not going to be on this list. So some of the top things that people think of and do first when they're starting their music career and they're starting to monetize music is number one, release music and rely on streams for income. Number two, uh, release merch or, you know, have merch, create merch and sell merch. And number three, gig and or tour. Now, I'm not saying that these things can't be lucrative at all or can't bring any money at all, but here's why they didn't make the list and here's why I don't, I would not rely on them as your only stream of income. So these things certainly can be a stream of income and likely will be a stream of income. Heck, if you have music released, like streaming is just gonna be a stream of income whether you want it to or not. Now, again, it might not make you a ton of money. It might make you a lot of money. You know, it depends on how much streams you're, how many streams you're getting. But I would not rely on this as your only stream of income. Most likely you're not. Though, when it comes to gigging or touring, you might rely on that as your main or only stream of income. I know a lot of people before the pandemic were, and that really shook some things up when all of those musicians lost their jobs, basically. They lost all of their opportunities and they had to completely pivot. So hopefully we've learned our lesson from that now. And you're number one, you don't have one sole stream of income when it comes to your music. You have multiple. And number two, you're not relying on gigging or merch or streams as that main stream of income. And, it, and here's really why I say this. Streams, we already know this. This is, I'm not going to say anything like radical here. Streams do not bring in a lot of money. They pay pennies. You have to get a ton of streams in order to make money. And while releasing music is a very important step that you have to take as an indie musician and is something that, you know, everyone is going to do and that I recommend you do. And the byproduct of that is that you can make money from streams. It becomes really tiring and tedious and just ineffective to have your whole marketing strategy from there on out be focused on getting people to stream your music so that you can get paid pennies. Like the time for money is just not worth it. And a lot of times it also puts people in a bad place because they focus so much on pitching the stream that they're not actually even creating good marketing material or good uh, social media content 
they're just promoting and promoting and promoting and trying to push people to stream it, which is like, it is a clear call to action, but it's not really a fun one. Like what would, what's more enticing is hearing a good song and wanting to go stream it. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because you should be promoting your music, right? But really, if you want to get more streams, you want to just be focusing on creating good music and growing a fan base. And then the streams will come from that. So again, point here just being that it really doesn't make that much money. And even if you're focusing your entire and all of your time and energy into pitching streams and promoting streams and asking people to stream your music and that's this, that, and the other thing, it's still not going to make you as much money as other streams of income can. So don't recommend that being the main one. Same with merch. You know, merch, it, it not everyone has merch, and I definitely think that you can have merch. I'm not saying don't have merch. It's a fun thing to have more than anything, and it certainly can make you money. The thing with merch is that it has low margins most of the time. So even though you might sell a t-shirt for $25, even $40, $50, it can cost you know, 8, 10, 15, depending on how you're making uh, the t-shirt, it can cost that much to make it. And the margins are not as high as you think they would be. Now, it also can have an upfront cost. There are a lot of on-demand printers or, you know, merch makers these days, but they take a much higher cut. So that lowers your margins even more. So you're kind of having to debate between, do I pay upfront to have merch created in bulk and pay a good chunk of money upfront to make that happen. My cost per unit will likely be lower by doing this, but I'll still have to put an upfront fee and then make that money back and then make profit. Or do I go with a print on demand service that's going to take a much higher cut of my margins and would be easier, but would also be a lower, lower margin for me and therefore lower income. So You can still make money with this, but again, just based on the logistics, based on the margins, this is, again, not going to be the most lucrative stream of income out there. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying don't rely on it fully. And then last one is gigging and touring, which this is probably the one that could be a full stream of income. In fact, it has been for many, Um, but I personally wouldn't rely on it as your entire stream of income or um, even potentially as your main just because it's very unreliable. And it didn't used to be, but over the last three, two or, yeah, how many years is this going on now? (laughs) Two years? It's going to be two years in March, I guess, right? I want to say it's been longer than that. I don't know. It feels longer for some reason, but Let's not make it longer than it is. For the last two years, it's been completely unreliable. And even when we think it's going to come back, it comes back, but then it, stuff gets canceled again. And, um, you know, it's it's all up in the air. Like, it's not even having to do with things completely shutting down, but really just venues being careful or you as an artist wanting to be careful. And I don't think that you should have to have your stream of income like jeopardize your safety. If you, the only way for you to make money is by gigging, but you don't feel comfortable gigging or you want to be safer or uh, venues are canceling on you, that sucks. That just sucks. And so I, again, keep gigging. Like if you want to gig, keep gigging. But gigging and even planning out long tours is just a dicey game um, when it, because you can't predict that all of those things are going to happen. There is still the risk that some of them can get canceled. We're watching it happen right now. Like I was just on the phone with clients in my Out to Launch Patreon group um, earlier today or yesterday and they were telling me that in California things are slowing down again, right? So like and, and here in New York, it's the same thing. And sometimes things happen. 
um, and they continue to happen, and they don't get canceled, but then the, there's not as many people showing up because they don't want to go out, right? So you have to consider these things because especially if you're running off of a door deal or ticket sales and people aren't wanting to come out and see live music as much, it's just, it's all cutting into your revenue. It's all coming cutting into your income and it's just not the best way to make money. Once again, do it if you want to do it. It's a great supplemental stream of income. It's a great way to make money, but I wouldn't rely on it because it is unreliable. Hopefully that will change. Hopefully things will become more reliable um, as we continue to make our way through this and get out of it and come out on the other side. But right now I still feel like it's a little unreliable and I think that that might carry on through 2022 or at least a good chunk of it to be honest. So with that being said, let's dive into the top four ways I think you can make money as a musician in 2022. These are in no particular order, just the order that I wrote them down in. <laughs> so this is not ranked best to worst or anything like that. But the first one that I wrote on this list is launch a Patreon. So I think that Patreon is still a great way to make money as a musician. I'm, I'm going to say right off the bat, and if you guys have been following me for a while, you know I've said this before when I've talked about launching and launching Patreon specifically, that there is definitely a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and it's easy to fail when launching a Patreon. And I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just saying that if right now you're listening to me and you're thinking, okay, Katie, I know I've actually launched a Patreon and nobody subscribed. Or I know so many people who say that launching a Patreon is just not worth it. And they have like five people who are fans of it. And then they're trying to put all this stuff out and it just doesn't make sense. And they're not making a lot of money. And I completely hear that. I'm going to venture a guess, though, that those people created their Patreon over the span of one to, two one to two days, made a couple posts about it, and then didn't really, like, give it its due diligence when it comes to launching it, putting it out there, warming up their audience, getting their audience involved, and getting their audience ready to actually join. And it's also possible that they tried to launch a Patreon too soon before they had an audience to actually launch it to. So this is an important aspect of this. In fact, you're going to find that with uh, really three of the four streams of income I'm going to give you today, a core piece of this is having an audience to sell to. I mean, honestly, that goes with everything too. It goes with streams and merch and gigging and most streams of income. In order to actually make money doing these things, you have to have an audience to sell to. So this, this uh, episode is not about growing your audience. We'll be talking about that in the coming weeks and months, but... This is a very, very, very important note that if right now you're thinking I couldn't do that or my audience wouldn't buy that or I tried to do that and it failed, it's probably because your audience just isn't there yet and that's completely okay. All that that means is that right now your time and energy should go towards building up an engaged audience. You really don't have to have a huge audience to monetize any of these things. You just have to have an engaged audience. So... That's where your focus should go, focusing on your personal brand, brand pillars, and your social media strategy so that you can grow a fan base. And like I said, don't worry, we're going to have support with those things coming up in the next episodes and the next few months as I head into the Audience Builder Bundle relaunch. So that's all coming soon. You're going to have free and paid if you choose support for that. So don't sweat it. But it is an important note. So again, just going back to why I think launching a Patreon can be really lucrative, 
As we know, Patreon is basically a way to create a fan club for your fans, to create a community with them. And I think that now more than ever, people are really craving community and closeness and conversations with other people. You know, over at the beginning of the pandemic, we started to do virtual live streams and virtual offerings and virtual this, that, and the other thing and create more content and different content. And I, it worked, it definitely worked. And then things shifted and we got burnt out from that. And then we kind of got back to it and then we got burnt out again. (laughs) Like there was ebbs and flows where at the beginning, everyone was live streaming on Instagram all at the same time and it was crazy. And then that kind of dwindled down because everyone got burnt out. And then we were all on TikTok and then that kind of, well, stayed steady. But I think that, uh, you know, we also started to maybe go out more over the summer when things opened up more. Then Clubhouse came on the scene. Everyone was on Clubhouse because it was the winter and, you know, we were inside again. And then that kind of got, you know, tiring and overwhelming. And so that kind of petered out. And we're live streaming as well for a good chunk of the beginning of the pandemic. And at that time, it was the only way to support people. And so... Well, it still is in some ways, but like that was the only way, especially for people adapting from in-person gigs. And so people were willing to show up and they thought it was only two weeks or maybe four weeks. And so let me show up and let me donate. And then it just kind of dwindled out and people are... Yes, wanting to be in person, um, although that doesn't really apply to our point without to launch Patreon, because I think the main point is that people want to be more connected and they don't just want to be attending a bunch of random live streams from people. Um, They want to be part of something a little bit more. I know myself, I joined a membership uh, recently that was for it was more for my own self it didn't have to do with music because like my whole life has to do with music (laughs) so I needed like a hobby um and I joined a membership that was all around like astrology and personal development and stuff like that and it's really fun to show up to the calls and to you know watch the videos and just be a part of a community and talk to other people who have similar interests as me and like the same things and just be able to have community there And I think that other people are looking for the same. And your Patreon really is a membership. Like, yes, it's a fan club. Yes, it's a way to support you. But more than anything, it is a membership. Like, it is a cool club that your fans can join and can be a part of and connect with other people and also get close to you, one of their favorite artists. So it's a really great way to bring people together. And I'll also mention that... um, Uh, another reason I see Patreons fail is because it's very focused on like, please support me and what you'll get for $15 a month is I'll give you updates. And that's just like not enough to really compel people. So what I teach my students in Out to Launch Patreon edition is really to be creating, as I said before, a, a membership, a community, something that it has really, really, is really, really meaningful to the fans. And honestly goes beyond them like it goes beyond them and it incorporates their brand and their brand pillars and and themes that they love and topics that they are that are important to them that go beyond the music but it's really something that they're creating for their community to come together to be in community to get really cool content to get really cool behind the scenes stuff and to be able to talk with other fans of your music other people who like I said get it And so I feel like people are still looking for this. I think that we are getting more used to the online space. Like we've had no choice but to, (laughs) I mean, 
if you're a millennial or a Gen Z, obviously you're used to it. Pretty much everyone's used to it now. So that was probably a bad choice of words. But you know what I mean, that like we're, we're adapting to be more online these days. And Patreon has existed for years and years and years, and many people have supported it. But I think that the hosting of online communities and like showing up to group calls online or being in a Discord channel or Slack channel or a WhatsApp chat and things like that to talk to other people is gonna also be the way that we continue to move forward. So as opposed to doing a strategy where you just live stream every so often um, or you have a Facebook group that's free, that's kind of draining your energy and but not really getting you any you know results or money coming from it, a Patreon is a great way to bring pe- people together in the online space, get you paid for your work and be able to do something that's more. You know what I mean? Like it is hard to get people to show up for a live stream now, I think. Um, and they're not always the easiest to put on or the most fun to do. And not everyone necessarily wants to be live streaming their month away, their life away. But if you have one live stream a month plus a bunch of other perks in your Patreon, people are going to be really inclined to do it. And again, you've got to have an audience to do this. Uh, you've got to have enough people to join to make it worth it. That is true. A Patreon can be a little bit more challenging in the sense that it is a lower ticket offer. So usually you're charging anywhere from like five. I mean, really, you could charge anywhere from one to five to 10, 20, probably up to $50. I know some patrons or some Patreons do offer tiers above that and you definitely can. But most people will pay around that like average of like $20 to $25 a month to be a part of something like this. And so it's because it's lower ticket, you will want to get more people in in order to make more money. That's just math. Um, So that is definitely something to consider. And so you would want to have a bit larger of an audience or at least a really, really engaged audience so that the audience that you have is more likely to convert over into paying patrons in order to bring in a lot of money from it but it's still a great stream of income to add it's something that you can build up over time if you do have the audience and you do have an engaged audience it's something that they will love and that they will be able to support you with and that you can really you can create to be a really lucrative stream of income for you so that is income stream number one Income stream number two is to monetize your skills. So this is sort of, uh, some people might call it more of like a side hustle or a side stream of income. Honestly, I look at it all as just a stream of income as a part of your music business, your music career, and not all of these streams of income are going to fall into like actually creating music. Merch doesn't technically, you know what I mean? Other, you look at big artists and they have clothing lines or perfume lines and they have other products and and other things that they do as well. Even a lot of big artists, uh, a lot of Broadway artists, if not niche, not as many like pop stars, but a lot of people will also teach voice lessons or things like that. So I'm giving you this uh, background so that you just think outside of the box and that you don't immediately think, well, you know, this isn't really sticking to my music career. I'm a sellout if I do something like this. But it's monetize your skills. Now, there's a number of ways you could do this, but the way that I'll mention that is most relevant to music is by starting to coach or teach on your skill. I've talked about this many times on the podcast before. So again, this probably isn't going to sound new to you if you've been a listener for a long time. 
but thinking about what you're good at. So this might be directly related to music. Like you can teach people to sing. You can teach people to play guitar. You are really good at banjo and you could teach people how to play banjo and maybe even sing at the same time. Um, You're really good at performing. So you can teach people how to get confident on stage and better uh, be better performers. Maybe on the business side of things, you've gotten really good at booking gigs or getting press for yourself or growing your TikTok or growing on socials or any number of things. Maybe you have a degree in accounting and so you're really good at managing your finances as a musician and you can help some other people do the same. Well, right within the music industry, you can monetize your skills and you can teach other people to do or, and coach other people to learn what you know. So that uh and even thinking about like producing like being a songwriting coach or a production coach um or monetizing your skills in the sense of producing songs for other people or writing songs for other people so there's a lot that falls into this umbrella as i said i think i'm gonna focus mostly on like the coaching and teaching side of this but there are a lot of other ways that you can monetize skills as well it could even look like just becoming a virtual assistant maybe you're super super organized and you are a virtual assistant for musicians or for music industry coaches or honestly just for anyone (laughs) but keeping it in the music industry niche I'll give you those examples um so think about what are you good at like what have you gotten really really good at in your life (laughs) not even in the last few years but just in general like could be a recent interest could be something that you just are naturally skilled at that other people don't seem to be and could use your help with well this is something that you absolutely can monetize whether it is super directly related to music or not This is a great way to bring in more money and you can also do high ticket sales with this. So it'll look different depending on exactly what you're doing. The example that I gave about being a virtual assistant, you'd probably get paid hourly, though you can still set a really nice hourly wage for yourself and have that be what people hire you for. If you're coaching or teaching, you'll probably get paid like per lesson or per package. But again, you can do higher ticket sales, especially as coaches uh, or teachers who are running programs one-on-one or group programs. That's an opportunity for you to get paid a lot more than like $25 a month from someone, but you can get paid a really solid amount for the work that you're doing, coaching and teaching people. So you can create a program, whether it is a one-on-one program, a group program, uh, or maybe even a course program that's more hands-off that you just, they just buy the info and it's self-paced and they go through it. Um, You can price that at whatever feels good. Obviously there's a wide range of prices you can make from low offers to higher end offers. But if you wanted to focus on more higher touch, higher priced offers by doing a one-on-one or group coaching program, that's a nice way to only have to really get a handful of clients in order to make a good amount of money. Of course, like I said, it depends on exactly how it's priced and what your actual goals are in terms of how much money you want to make. But with higher ticket sales, with higher with higher priced offers, you have to get less people in to make the same amount of money as a you know, a lower priced offer that would require a lot more people. So that's also a huge win when it comes to monetizing your skills and starting to coach or teach. Also, just to reiterate why I think that this is going to be a huge dream of income, go listen back to the episode that I did in the future of the music industry series. I want to say it was part two. Um, It could have been part three, though. Uh, where I talk about how coaching and teaching is just going to take over. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, basically I really think that, number one, 
artists are going to need more streams of income and this is a really solid stream of income. So by monetizing their skills and becoming a coach or teacher, they'll have the ability to support themselves. You will have the ability to support yourself and have the freedom of time that you need to focus on your music career and money to focus on your music career instead of working a full-time nine-to-five job that is very restrictive. So coaching becomes a really nice stream of income that uh, can bring you money, can bring you a full-time income, and can allow you the freedom that you need and want to also grow your music career without being super stressed or burnt out. Obviously, starting a coaching business takes time or, or having a side hustle like that takes time to build up as well, but you still end up with much more freedom and liberty and control over your life and your schedule than you would working for someone else. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is just the fact that labels and publishers really want to see people developed um, before they sign anyone. And even if you don't want to get signed in order to make money with your career, you have to learn what you need to do to make money in your career. So you have to learn how to grow a fan base and launch Patreon or do any of these amount of things. And so you're probably going to want to hire a coach to do that. So we're going to need more coaches. And coaching is a great way for musicians to make money as well while they're growing their career. So it's just like a win-win all around beautiful system. So that's why I think that coaching and teaching in general is going to be big. And I think that monetizing your skills and potentially starting to coach or teach is going to be a really, really big stream of income. I'll just give an example of one of my clients who... We worked together a couple of years ago um, or maybe a, a year or so ago and she had been like just feeling so burnt out. She was teaching some students one-on-one while composing and doing some like work for hire gigs and while writing her own music and trying to focus on her own music and she was just so so burnt out. She was basically not getting paid her worth for any of these things. She was trading so much time for money and then we worked together and we created a couple programs that she launched about helping people write their EP and helping people learn how to self-produce and we created these group programs so that she would have you know not a bunch of one-on-one lessons each day or anything like that but one group program that she was focused on It was a high ticket program, of course, worth every penny because she put so much value into it and taught people how to produce their own music, which is a lifelong skill that also saves you money in uh, in the long run. And it changed her life entirely because she was able to bring in more money than she ever had before and be able to stop hustling to be able to to charge her worth which was really important and to be able to spend more time with her art and to start to create more and not have to worry about money um and you know feeling guilty about creating art because she wasn't bringing in in enough money to like live so that is one of my favorite stories I'm leaving out some specifics of exactly how much she made and things like that just out of respect for her because I know that she doesn't want that to be shared but it is seriously one of my favorite stories. I She's amazing. She's incredible. And I know that that same thing can happen to you. Like instead of feeling like you have to take on a million odd jobs or you have to really, really, really hustle your ass off and be so exhausted and that you can't charge your worth, you can and you can get paid for the skills that you are really freaking good at and that other people want to learn and you can get paid your worth for them and you can make the money that you want to make, and you can have the time that you want to have to do what you love. So I'll leave it that there, and that'll wrap up stream of income number two, and let's move on to number three. 
So number three is sync licensing. So I don't talk about this too much on my platform or my podcast just because it is not my area of expertise and it's a very, very specific thing. (laughs) But that being said, I really, really do think that sync licensing is a huge potential stream of income for musicians. Now, what's great about sync licensing as well is that it's a little bit, it's less about your fan base and just more about internal connections and pitching songs and like writing a ton of songs and focusing your energy on that but not as much about having to grow a fan base to sell something to them. So it is quite a different stream of income than the ones we've talked about so far, but I think it can be really, really powerful if you have the right music, if you have the right connections, if you know what you're doing, and if you really put your feet to the fire with it. For those of you who don't really know what sync licensing is, Basically, it's writing music or just having the songs that you've already written and pitching them to be placed in film or TV or ads or things like that. So you pitch them to music supervisors, you pitch them to people who are looking for songs to sync, songs to place in their ad or their TV project. And when you get that if you if you make if you get it if they pick your song then you'll sometimes get an upfront fee or back-end royalties from it and sometimes even both so there's a lot of money that can come in from this big brands um, big shows they have big budgets for this and so they have the potential to not only give you a lot of money for the placement but to also give you exposure I mean if you get a placement Like, for instance, Ingrid Michaelson on Grey's Anatomy, she's one of my favorite examples because that kind of blew her up uh, or definitely helped aid her (laughs) career. So there's a lot that can happen if you, you know, if your song's really good and if people really notice it and it sticks out to people, it can definitely help get your music out there. But from a streams of income perspective, it can also be quite a lucrative stream of income. Now, as I've said, I'm not actually an expert in this. I did work in music publishing, which is you know, tangential to the sync licensing world because in music publishing, as a music publisher, we will often pitch our clients to the music music supervisors to be considered for their searches as opposed to just uh, you as an independent artist. So you don't have to be signed to a publisher to do music sync or to get placements because you can pitch it yourself. Um, But working in music publishing, that was a part of what we did was we pitched our clients to music supervisors. So I definitely am familiar with it, but I'm not really in on exactly how to do it as an indie artist. However, the good news is I have a lot of friends (laughs) and I know a lot of coaches and I know a lot of really amazing people in this music industry who are experts on it. So with that being said, I want to take a second to let you know about something you need to get in on if this is sparking your interest. If you are someone who loves writing songs or just has a catalog of songs already created that you think would be really great to be on TV or in films or, you know, on commercials or in ads and things like that, and you want to consider pitching your songs to uh, music supervisors and potentially getting them placed and making income from that, and you're really interested in getting into Music Sync, then I highly recommend that you check out this free panel that is happening later this week on Sunday. So in order to sign up for it, all you have to do is go to katiezacardi.com slash sync. So that's katiezacardi.com slash S-Y-N-C. So this is how you can sign up. 
This panel, it's happening on Sunday, January 16th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. So this panel is being put on by my friend Chris SD, who helps indie musicians grow their careers through sync licensing. He's amazing, and they are hosting a completely free virtual panel with a bunch of music supervisors. So he's bringing in the top five music supervisors who are going to dish on a ton of behind-the-scenes do's and don'ts when it comes to musicians trying to get their music placed in film and TV. So, like I said, music supervisors, they're the people who actually place your music into your favorite shows and movies. And so he's going to be bringing together five of these top music supervisors, which is really awesome. And the coolest part is he's going to show you how you can actually meet and pitch your music live to some of them, uh, but you have to attend the the panel live. So definitely go sign up, katiezaccardi.com slash sync. I'll also put the link in the show notes of the description here so that you can do it. Like I said, I'm not an expert in this, but I know people who are, and so I'm not going to go deep on this episode or even on this podcast as to like how to get your music synced because it's not my area of expertise. It's not really the focus here, but I do think that this is a really, really solid stream of income that I can get behind, that I want you to get behind, and that I want you to have the opportunity to learn more about uh, by attending this panel. And what's really cool is that like it's not even hyperbolic when I say that you can make a year's salary from just one placement. Like I know that Chris has helped artists get $30,000 from just one placement. Another student of his made $20,000 for getting one placement in a TV show. Like obviously these are high end examples. This this is a lot of money. Not every placement will be that. Some might be 500, a thousand, a couple thousand, 5,000, but even that is a lot of money. And if you can get a couple placements or have that be a solid stream of income of yours, that's a really great way to make money. And we know that film and TV and, and ads certainly are not going anywhere. We're definitely all more inside, you know, we, we have that those bingeable TV shows that we love to watch and movies that we all love to watch. And so to get your music placed in one of these is not only really exciting, but could be a really lucrative way for you to be a musician and for you to get your music out there. So that's all I'll say about that. Once again, head to katiezaccardi.com slash sync to sign up for that free panel that's happening on Sunday. There will be a replay. So even if you can't make it live, definitely sign up anyway so that you get the replay and maybe consider sync as a stream of income. This could be a good thing to check out even if you're not sure because you'll get some information and find out a little bit more as to if this is a good fit for you uh, and you can decide yes or no from there. But I always like to, you know, encourage you guys to go to some of these free things. Uh, n- not every free thing because, you know, we've got to have boundaries. But it's good to to attend a couple free things if you're thinking about something because then you can get your answer. You can get that clarity and you can ask questions that you need to decide if it is right for you or if it's not. So I highly recommend that you check this out. Now let's talk about stream of income number four. So I actually debated putting this on because again, this is one that I'm not an expert on and that I have like mixed opinions about, but I wanted to add NFTs to the list as number four, because I do think that if done right, it could potentially be a good way to make money in music as a musician in 2022. We know that NFTs are starting to take off. If you're not familiar, I recommend that you listen to the episode, uh, two episodes back with Isabella Bedoya, where we talk a bit about Web3 and NFTs. And if 
as you heard on that episode, I was still learning about it and still a little bit, you know, iffy on it. And I'm not going to lie to you. I still am. I have a lot of questions about it. I'm not sure about its sustainability. Uh, I'm like definitely a little skeptical of it. And also, I see a lot of artists who are able to make money from it. Now, the big caveat I'll say with this is I think it's really easy to listen to NFT experts who all make it sound like you can make a million dollars from this in one go after like five minutes of creating an NFT. And I don't think that's true. I think that what's something that's really important to consider with NFTs is that you do have to have an audience of people to sell to. So continue to build your audience. Like I said, if you don't if you don't have an audience of people who are willing to buy NFTs, that's really the first big start is to continue to grow your audience so that you have someone to actually sell an NFT to. But I do find NFTs fascinating and I do think that there's a lot of potential there because you can sell a variety of different things and you can uh, give your fans experiences or, you know, really cool uh, opportunities or, or exclusive, you know, one-off art pieces of art or pieces of music created just for them that is not only fun for you and can be a very creative outlet for you, but can allow your fans to pay you money for something that they get. Obviously, that's the exchange of goods and services, um, but existing in this digital world, which is really cool. So NFTs is definitely one of those things that can be very lucrative, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to be like rose-colored glasses here and just be like, it's so amazing, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars by just selling one thing and that's so great because you have to have someone to sell it to. You have to have an audience to sell it to. You have to make sure that somebody will actually buy it. So as with everything, of course, it does require effort to get uh, build up your fan base and to sort of get in the right networks um, of people who like NFTs and who are buying NFTs. But you never know because if this is something that you're interested in, it could be something that can bring in a good amount of money for you. So if you've been really curious about NFTs or you are already into NFTs, I definitely think that pursuing that as a stream of income or as a way to make some extra money in music in 2022 could be a really interesting way to go. Again, not an expert on this one. If you guys are interested in this a little bit more and you want to hear more about it or you'd like me to bring on a couple more guests, um, who know about it and can share more about it, let me know on Instagram at Katie Zaccardi or at Out To Be Podcast. Shoot me a DM and let me know if you'd like to hear more about NFTs and if you guys are interested in this because I'd be happy to bring more people on the podcast to talk about it if it is of interest. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm continuing to keep my eyes on it and study it and learn more about it. And I wanted to bring it and mention it as a potential way to make money these days because I do think that despite my questions about it, the reality is that there are people out there making money from it. <laughs> so we can't deny that and we have to make sure that we are being aware of the music industry's shifting and changing and uh, things that we can do to continue to stay on the pulse, to continue to stay up with trends and capitalize on those so that we can be as successful and as wealthy as possible. So that wraps up today's episode with the most important ways that you can make money in music in 2022. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know which stream of income you think you're going to focus on this year. Actually, with that, I want to say one more thing. I just gave you four quite different 
possible streams of income to focus on. And what I do recommend is that you focus on one at a time, one at a time. Now, it's certainly possible that at some point in your career, you could have all four of these things going and be killing it. But I do recommend that when you think about which stream of income you're going to start or you're going to pursue, start with one at a time because it's really hard to build up a stream of income if you're trying to do multiple things at once and you're not really putting your time, your energy, your intention, your ideas, your creativity behind one thing. So I highly, highly recommend that you listen to this episode and you think hard about the stream of income that resonates most with you now. Then I I want you to do this. I want you to either screenshot this episode, put it on your stories, and tag me by writing out the stream of income you're going to go for and let me know so that you can, you know, put it out into the universe or just shoot me a DM and say, I listened to this episode and here is what I am going to focus on. Here's what really inspired me or, you know, any ideas that you had. Like I said, maybe you came up with a stream of income or an idea that I didn't mention, but it just inspired something in you that you really want to do. Let me know over on Instagram, either by putting it in your stories or by sliding into my DMs. I want to support you. I want to hold you accountable. I want want to put this into the universe and help you manifest it. So let's let's get that going. Let's get that rolling. Speak it. Speak it out into the universe and it is yours. I want to hear from you. Let me know how this episode resonated and otherwise, I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Out to Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.